Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Ash, and I'm joined by two members of my firefighting family. We have Scott. Hey there. And we have Todd. Hello. And uh, we're a little late hitting record tonight. Uh, which and is, a day late. And a day late, I guess. We're <laughs> more than a little late. <laughs> that was, I think, my fault. I... Uh, was mildly under the weather. It's probably the COVID's fault. It's more, yeah, <laughs> it's more, more than just got cleared. Yeah, yeah. so COVID went through our house. Uh, yeah, my kids started getting sick, so we tested them. Sure enough, one kid, two days later, next kid, and the wife, and then me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and off to self-isolation, which was a blast. A bunch of ton of that Netflix. Yeah. But What did you watch? I can't remember the amount of crap I watched. Like, I got to the point where I was watching, like, low-budget films that were so bad, but you just had to finish it. Like, yeah, it was one of those. I am committed to getting committed this. It doesn't matter how much it's dog shit. I need to see it. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I was uh, I was a little concerned that I was going to be in that same, same boat. Just some exposures and then just some random symptoms. Ended up getting a test, and it was negative. Uh, so I didn't get my five days of holidays. Um, it's a bummer. <laughs> I'm kind of in between right now. Yeah. Between some family members have it, and mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. Hoping to get it soon. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, that's a mild one I'm hoping to get. <laughs> if I'm yeah, get exactly. One, I mean, uh, luckily right now with the vaccination yeah. and the, the current strain, it's yeah. fairly mild symptoms. Um, for some. For, for some. For, for, yeah, most. So anyway, that's why we are a day and multiple hours late. Uh, we actually just sat through wait, waiting for a call to wrap up here as well. It was turned out to be nothing, but... Something when there's no other calls. Yeah, it's something when we have been super dead. And I know that's... You're not supposed to jinx it, but we have been jinxing it like crazy. So, here we are. Uh, so tonight, we're going to lead off with a little <clears throat> bit of news out of... Uh, the states, California. Uh, Scott, what do you got for us? California, but the fire is called the Colorado fire. Mm-hmm. Which is always... I I heard the dispatchers that in California, Cal Fire, they're the ones that give the, the names. I don't know where the names come from. Because there was a documentary on Netflix, which mm. you could have watched, <laughs> <laughs> called Paradise Burning? Yes. Paradise on Fire or something like that? I started to watch it and then got... The dispatcher was like, named the campfire. She's like, yeah. oh, I just call it the campfire. Or I don't know if she called it that or if it was on her list. Right. I was like, why do you call it a campfire? It sounds so small. She's like, I just call it that. I didn't know it was going to be the biggest fire we ever had. Right. So she was like, because uh, <laughs> she was the one that named it, I guess, hmm. or gave it, the, like, somehow right. got the name for it. Um, so anyways, the Colorado fire um, began Friday at 7.30, and as of Sunday morning, that's our last update, it burned uh, 1,000 thousand acres, which is not that big, actually. 1,000 acres is how many? That's only like 500 hectares, right? Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, about that, I think. Yeah. So, not super big, but for the time of year it is, Mm -hmm. even though it is California, but it is up in Big Sur, um, Mm -hmm. it has been raining a lot in December, uh, December, they said, and still they have kind of pretty extreme fire conditions for this time of year. Um, Currently, it's 25% contained with one structure damaged, and uh, some of the pictures are right near this this bridge that they have. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I did that big route when we did our big drive down to uh, Disneyland <clears throat> through Washington, Oregon, and California. We drove that route through Highway 1 there. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And it, we went through actually quite a large um, fire zone 
at that time as well. Right. It's pretty interesting to see how mm. devastating it was. And we went through the whole Santa Ana wind yep. area and it was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that area gets devastated pretty, pretty fast by those winds and that train. And like the, I know I was talking to the brother-in-law who was a pilot down there for, for Cal Fire, like literally everything will burn off and then it mm-hmm. regrows and it's just same crazy fire season the mm-hmm. next year. Yeah, there's no real reprieve or ever there, no. right? It's like season after season, uh, pretty heavy growth that come, comes back quickly, mm-hmm. um, and they're right back at it the it's very next season. Borderline where we are right now. Like, yeah. we're, we're on the tip of that, that same desert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. we get similar conditions. We don't get the crazy winds as much. Like, they don't. we don't have Santa Ana's. We get pretty good yeah. winds, but we... We're yeah. normally pretty lucky with the windstorms. We, are. But we get that we get that grass and that uh, sagebrush and greasewood yeah. that mm-hmm. grows back pretty fast. Yeah. yeah, our local area here. I'd be curious to see what this summer brings, like what that mm-hmm. kind of looks like. Uh, the joke is, I mean, it's not a joke; it's kind of reality. Is we've had a few fires lately in the last handful of years. Uh, one on the one side of the valley mm-hmm. last summer on the opposite side. Um, we're kind of running out of unburnt valley. However, if you look over on uh, the previous side where we had it, what is that, five, six years, six years ago now? Yeah. It's lush. Yeah, it's right back to where it was. It's right back to, to where it was. So, I mean, I don't know if it was like that after one, two, three years. But, I mean, those guys get it the very next year. Yeah. So, you'll be curious to see what the other side looks like after a season or two. Cause don't they say for us, like, technically it's kind of a 10-year cycle mm-hmm. in our area? Something like that. But I still feel it's less than that because we get, yeah. I mean, we respond every couple of years back to a similar area with some mm-hmm. pretty damn good fires. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the good thing with us is we, not good, once the trees burn, those trees aren't going back for 100 years. That's right. So yeah. the, you don't get the heavy timber fires uh, once mm-hmm. the trees burn. Through. But you're right, trees. Yeah, and, you're going to get the yeah. trees and the, yeah. you know, and the fast-moving grass fires. Yeah. Which are still dangerous. But they're, I, they're I, to me, they're much easier to fight than those forest fires. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not jumping from tree to tree over your head. Because yeah. um, it's really the overhead stuff that puts us in our, our danger. Um, yes. Those, you know, ground fires, we're, we're pretty well equipped to handle. Yeah. When it starts Absolutely. getting in that tree line, yeah. that's when we're like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, when it starts getting, like we have this year, those rank, rank five as fuck fires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. those were uncontrollable. Like with, we had a ton of air support. Oh, and for even sure. then, it was just mm-hmm. out of control. Yeah. Whereas, you know, when we have just our normal kind of grass, rank three plus maybe, yeah. like with our air support, usually we can get a knock on it pretty decently. Well, even earlier in the year, um, the biggest fire we had that before the big fire happened last mm-hmm. year was um, it was still, what, 100, maybe 100 hectares? Yeah, just, mm-hmm. just over 100 and, hectares. And, you know, it was over within less than a day. Like, we fought it in the afternoon. By the next yeah. day, they they put it as a, what's it called, held. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it, that was all uh And I would say for us, and, and it was, and yeah, work. like four hours. Four hours the for hard, us, yeah, The we, hard work was done. Yeah. yeah. Got itself knocked back. And we pushed it away from structures, structures, and then we just kind of let it run mm-hmm. its course, and then the forestry guys hit it with the air support. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Super, super effective, so... Yeah, I mean, hopefully things, it sounds like just the one structure down, down so far, south yeah. at this point. So, um, And not even lost, just damage. Right. For the, so. so that's good. Hopefully that stays the course and there's not not a lot of loss there. Um, but 
we'll move on to a bit of a topic for tonight. It's still news, but um, pretty heavy topic. Uh, Baltimore. Uh, we had uh, three um, line of duty deaths, and one is in critical condition still, yeah. I believe. Correct. Um, so the story reads: there was a, a three-story uh, row house collapse. Uh, four firefighters were trapped in the collapse, and then the rescue efforts uh, got underway right away. Um, yeah, they said they were able to get the one firefighter, so firefighter John, fair, fairly quickly. Uh, McMaster, McMaster. Out very quickly mm-hmm. uh, off to the merge. He's in uh, uh, critical con- condition still on life support, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then they said that they were able to um, pull out two of the other firefighters. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know in which particular order, but the two firefighters they were able to rescue and uh, they were pronounced at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, after attempts to resuscitate, and then um, quite a bit after, during the rescue effort, they pronounced the one firefighter um, deceased on, in, on, on scene. On scene. Yeah. yeah. So that was uh, Lieutenant um, Butram, who's 16 years of service, uh, firefighter paramedic uh, Kelsey Sadler, 15 years in, firefighter paramedic Akeo, mm-hmm. pronouncing that right, that's seven years service. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty, pretty tragic. Um, yeah, four firefighters, essentially, well, three, three lost and, and one in critical condition. That's uh, yeah. pretty devastating to any department and community and family. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, watching some of the the news briefings that have uh, come out, they had the chief was on making a statement. Uh, the mayor came came on, made a statement. Um, just, you know, watching that, uh, hearing <clears throat> the stories of the event, and then obviously they go into remembering the lives of these firefighters mm-hmm. uh and that's some some pretty decent history there i mean 16 year veteran 15 year seven year um there's a lot of you know time spent on a lot of uh, dedication to the uh, community there mm-hmm. um any loss is obviously terrible uh but these 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 uh people were embedded within the the uh, community yeah and you know like so we wanted to talk about a little bit like the what do you do in those situations? Like it's a, it's a three story. They said it was a three story row house. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, abandoned. Was it? It was abandoned. They, they, they said so. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of speculation. I think like right, right now in this chat and then, you know, moving forward. And I, I think we can just put the, the quick asterisks like we always do. Um, anything that we discuss here, like this is, um, super sad. And anytime something like this happens, all you can do is try to learn learn something from mm-hmm. it. So anything said is being spoken as a chance of learning. So yeah, we, and, we don't have it happening. And anymore. we don't know the full story either, right? For but, sure. You know, when you... The first thing in, that pops into my head is when you got four firefighters in, in an abandoned building, and then there's a collapse, you know, that's, that's worst case scenario. For sure. You know, but then... Of course, we always have these discussions in training and sideline discussions about, you know, when is it right to go in mm-hmm. and why are we going in? You know, what's what's the, the benefit versus the risk? Yeah. You know, so, and again, who knows what the information was? Are they going mm-hmm. in just to search because maybe there is a, um, a homeless population that may be um, squatting yep. in there? Um, who knows on the information they had that to make that decision to go in? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, what... What do you do? So 
the information you have is, is it abandoned are you making the push how big is the fire at the, the time yeah and we're talking about uh, you know reading your smoke um, knowing the, construction yeah knowing your building material <clears throat> your type of construction mm-hmm. uh, how long it's been burning for you know how much of that uh, structure is affected before we start worrying about collapse yeah precursors of collapse um, and that's one thing actually we're, we chatted just before we started recording um, this week in our training we're going to be going over some of those um, building construction and um, uh, basically smoke reading and stuff for our rookies mm-hmm. and ventilation tactics and stuff like that. And that's, it's super important. I feel like a lot of our members get complacent on the building construction side of things. And you need to keep it in the back of your head as far as, you know, what color is that smoke as you're making that push before you go in. That could tell you if it's in the structural components or if it looks like it's more room and contents. What's your tactics for ventilation? What level, what floor are you on? Yeah, because that one picture I saw was there was a lot of pretty heavy fire pushing from the <clears throat> third floor window? Second floor. I don't know the picture in front of me. Second and third, the one that I'm looking at here. Yeah. yeah. Um, now I don't know what stage of the fire that was in. Yeah, yeah. If that was, I mean, I, it probably was, I mean, it probably was before they went in because mm-hmm. it didn't look like it collapsed yet because <clears throat> otherwise for the sure. fire wouldn't be like that probably. Because it looked like a pretty thorough collapse. It wasn't just like a small collapse. It looked in, like a pretty yeah, heavy collapse. Yeah, it looked like it was yeah. pretty heavy. Because it looked like it was almost just a shell of the building left. Yeah. Um, yeah, back to when to search. You know, we were talking about how we had a structure fire, not in a three-story building. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely, you know, an abandoned single-family home. Yeah. Abandoned, all boarded up. But it goes back to, okay, this thing has no power to it. Why did it catch on fire? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, did it catch on fire because some kids threw a, well, a cocktail at it, or are they just like lighting a fire trying to burn it down, or did some homeless dude have a, a yeah. little fire in there Keep and more. it got a hand, and yeah. then now he's in there burning? And... Which goes back to our yeah. basement fire we had earlier this season. Right. It was exactly that. Yeah, so, so there's your reason to make yeah, the search. So, mm-hmm. you know. People go, wow, oh, it's abandoned. Why are we going in there? Well, you know, but you always assume there's abandoned doesn't mean it has the occupants. No, yeah, it doesn't yeah. have the occupants that pay for the house, but it mm-hmm. might have occupants. Yeah. Very much could, so, could have an occupant, and it doesn't matter if they're don't have a home or not, you still go in there and find them. Yeah, and search yeah. Them, mm-hmm. right. Um, and there could be like multiple people in there for sure. There so, be. In, in our case, we actually did. Um, we didn't find a person, we found a bed mm-hmm. that was inside there. So, people were so, squatting, but in we're there. in there, mm-hmm. and then, um, <laughs> um, so the search was. I mean, it, it didn't produce a person, mm-hmm. but it produced a, the reason the for reason us to go in there. So search. the reason for us to go in yeah. there was yeah. easy easy to say to make some of the newer guys who were asking, like, why, why did we go in there? Well, yeah, <laughs> that's the reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, this is the information we have yeah. at this time. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Well, wait, wait, I don't think in that one we had any information other than it was a bad ability. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, also, you were going over. You know, I mean, like back to you said, like, it's back to our experience. Like, we look mm-hmm. at it and go, okay, well, why did it catch on fire? It's got no, it's got no power. Yeah. Got no anything else to it. Um, why, why is it on fire? Mm-hmm. So, we have to look at that. Yeah. Figure out why. Mm-hmm. And then go to building construction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that building looks, it's well constructed on the outside. Yeah. But on what the inside, the what does the interior look like? Old wood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm not from. We're not from Baltimore, so I, I don't, I don't know their construction. Right. It's a very old city, though, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Baltimore is one of the older cities in America, I think. 
I would buy that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously a lot of their stuff is going to be um, a lot of stone on yeah. the exterior, mm-hmm. but how many ages over time have they renoed it and, you know, replaced it with wood and maybe lighter materials inside. Mm-hmm. And these guys, I'm assuming, uh, would have known that being the veterans they were. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of the pre-plan and know the buildings and they know they're, they'll probably know their building yeah. materials pretty well or, or sure. construction yeah. materials in, in that Era of and then, right? what is the stage of collapse? Like, did it happen after they put all the water on it, and then it collapsed on top of them? Yeah. Again, that we always say that, like, when does collapse usually happen? Mm-hmm. Towards the end of the fire, after we've, you know, it buildings are made to stand. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a building that's on fire, if you put it out fast enough, it's not going to collapse. Mm-hmm. But if it's burning, 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 and then you stump a thousand gallons of water on it, or ten thousand gallons of water, and yeah, you got a lot, of, a lot of water yeah. right now yeah. on that floor, yeah. and mm-hmm. ten pounds per gallon. You're dumping yep. thousands, of, thousands of pounds of weight on this thing. It's saturated mm-hmm. and sitting there. So, and yeah, this, it's so hard. Like I said, we always train about you know the little things. You know, when you're in there, like what you're looking for, what you're listening for. You know, and you know what what are the abnormal sounds when you're in a structure fire? You know, things right. creaking and whatnot. Versus, you know, your typical room and contents fire is going to sound different than when it's uh, a lot of structural materials. Mm-hmm. You know, so we all, you, you talk about that and you train that way, but then again, they could have been in this lower floor. Maybe they just entered and were making a push and then the structure could have collapsed above them mm-hmm. on that second floor. Maybe it was the third floor or roof. For sure. Hard to say. There's a lot of variables, right? Yeah. Again, but that's why it's so important to, not to say they did anything wrong, but it's so important to really reinforce you know, all these little things that go along with our training as far as um, you know, just being really aware of reading your smoke and then mm-hmm. having that decision, do we keep pushing? Do we stop? Do we pull out? Yeah. Again, back to that risk versus benefit. Yeah, I think even if there is, you know, a, a confirmed uh, patient in there, at what point? How like, viable are back, they? How viable is it if it's going to be that compromised of a structure if you know x amount of times passed yeah none of that matters if you know the rescue isn't going to be or doesn't have a viable outcome yeah um and you know again like not saying anything went went wrong i mean obviously something did go go wrong but the info that they might have had going in the front door could have like all signs could have pointed to this is good and then you just don't don't know um, I mean, this building is crazy old. Um, it was vacant. Who knows what could have happened on the inside? Like people, when they squat, they're not exactly looking after the structure. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows what could be happening on the inside prior to that? Um, with all with all the info, all signs might have pointed to a go. Uh, which again, that's why I hate those go or no no go photos. <laughs> yeah, right? Those photos are stupid. Yeah. Right? <laughs> What's your size up? Go or no mm-hmm. go. Yeah. yeah, well, I got this photo of the, you know, yeah. front of the building, and yeah, I I can't make that. Everything's a go until it's not. So yeah. this was a go at one point in time. They made the choice to go. I mean, they've they've got experience coming out of their ass. So they, mm-hmm. like they've ran how many calls? They've made the right choice all along. Yeah. Um, signs were pointing to this was going to be a viable search or a viable push. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. things change so what can you do how how can we learn how how can we be better um to try to avoid um further situations 
you know, there's a go no no thing that was kind of makes me laugh because I'm like because you read the people that reply to them, yeah, and they'll write like first truck and then and they'll just rat like they'll name off every friggin' thing from like textbook, yeah, and then the second do unit will be do this. I'm like, okay, how long did it take you to write that? <laughs> <laughs> you looked at the picture for half an hour. You wrote this thing, which is another half an hour. Yeah, like. Maybe you put a timer on that thing. Mm-hmm. You got five seconds to make all that that same call you just did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you'd have to be like an officer and make that call. Yeah, that's what, that's the the true time frame they should be dealing mm-hmm. with. Not I'm gonna sit here and eat my Cheetos and drink my beer and look yeah. at this picture and then I'm gonna type dissect slowly. it. Yeah. Oh no, I didn't mean to say that. I'm gonna delete and I'm gonna mm-hmm. put down this and I'm, no, no, no. Maybe I'll do this one. No. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> It's like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's a stupid going no picture. That's yeah. annoying the shit out of me, those things. Yeah. And, like, a lot of the answers are great. Like, they're not wrong. Oh, they're not you know, wrong. It's, because it's just like Scott again, says. It's, like... If I grab the fucking fire manual mm-hmm. and sat there for an hour, I'd fucking come up with the right answer, too. Yeah. yeah. But what is the right answer? The one answer? time you tried to answer quickly, what happened to you? Yeah, I still think it was right. <laughs> and it's a, it was a good answer. But yeah. Was, but... Some guys didn't agree with it. Mm-hmm. Exterior yeah. water applications and everything answered according to those guys. Yeah, because that was my first thing. I'm like, well, No fast. yard work around here, man. Yeah, we don't do yard work. <laughs> it was fast water on on the fire, and then you reset that clock, or you pause that clock at least, mm. and now you can make you know, a longer yeah. game plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, exterior water, it's a crazy thing. Not rushing, and and you know again that's not what was ha- you know happening here. I bet, but no, 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 no. I'm now we're kind of off. And, now we're up on yeah. the tangent. I feel now we're getting away from the Baltimore thing, which is fine. We sh- yeah. That now is when we can talk about other things like, mm-hmm. you know, why could you put it, you know, on that fire? Mm-hmm. Did they try exterior water application? Right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's definitely a thing that we do a lot mm-hmm. of. We even the other day we practiced it as part of our initial attack. Right. Even though it was really there was no fire pushing out the window, it's just it's just something for guys to remember. Hey. Get that Put some water on the fire while the guys are setting up for their for their mm-hmm. um, for their search. Yeah, to slow it down. I mean, studies show it's it will be in textbooks if it's not there now. Yeah. Studies show it can reduce. I'm curious how I waited to do a study to realize putting water on fire would make it better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like why does it matter where where the app, the water application comes from? Yeah. Are you pushing in towards the seat of the fire? Which yes, so like that needs to happen. Like there's nobody anywhere that's being like that doesn't need to happen unless it is quote fully involved and that is a, a sentence that annoys the shit out of me too like is mm-hmm. it heavy fire is it like yes we have a working fire but is it <laughs> is a heavy fire is it fully involved mm-hmm. at some stage if you don't put any water on it it will be fully involved <laughs> yeah. but you know if i can apply some water transitional attack while a search team gets positioned yeah great you know, most yeah. of these full-time departments are staffing three, four-man trucks. I mean, that's a lot of work for three or four men mm-hmm. to start a job. What's the next due engine? What's the staffing level on that? What's the time frame? Yeah, I don't get the idea of, uh, that they say, you know, that don't do yard work. I mean, you're, you're either hitting it from the window, because mm-hmm. you're hitting the fire directly. You're, you're hitting yeah. the seat of the fire, probably the seat of the fire, directly from the, win- from the window. So you're outside hitting from the inside. Hitting to the inside versus in the door frame of the fire room doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's the difference? Well, and one is safer than one isn't. <laughs> yeah. Nice. What are we doing by putting that fire in? Well, we're cooling the environment. Yeah. Right. So what kills occupants? Smoke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're making it better. 
for them if yeah. they're in there. If it, I mean, if they're viable. Again, these ifs, right? Yeah. But there's so much information out there now that by doing that water application, uh, cooling that environment, uh, having that smoke actually start ventilating mm-hmm. out that window that is made or whatever it's breached. Um, you know, now if there potentially is somebody in there, it's making it better for us to go in. It's making it better for them, more survivable. Yeah. Um, and then it goes back to our conversation. What we kind of talked about is, is how viable is somebody for, for the sure. time frame. in a fire room? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I know they worry about the steam. <clears throat> I don't know if you put enough water, like, yeah, if you, if you just give a couple shots, mm-hmm. um, you're making steam and you're not cooling the fire really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think if you overwhelm it, and not only I think, yeah. I think it's science. Science yeah. thinks this. Yeah. If you overwhelm it with water, mm-hmm. it has to cool. Like, it's yeah. no choice. Even the steam will cool because you're overwhelming it with yes. water. You're overwhelming mm-hmm. it with cooling. So it cools it down yes. um, and it makes it better. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather suck in a whole bunch of steam yeah. than a whole bunch of fire gases. Well, fire. that's where <laughs> we talk about flow paths and stuff too, right? So we're, we're doing that exterior water application where... We're cooling that fire, and then we're going to work on a flow path, mm-hmm. right? That, that's the next step that's happening kind of yeah. simultaneously with the fire attack and whatnot. And again, we're making it better for us to go in. And what else mm-hmm. are we doing? We're making it better if there's somebody that's in there. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, like a lot of these, I mean, there, there's definitely, you look on social media now, and there's a lot of good rescues, good saves. Yes. from fire departments through the states here like it's mm-hmm. crazy it's social media now with everybody with the camera yeah you're seeing so much of them pop up mm-hmm. um but we never hear the total outcome for sure because the risk of burns and inhalation burns the survivability is so low for sure as it is mm-hmm. um not to say that that's a reason of not making that push in but a lot of the times they end up passing away anyways for sure Again, risk versus benefit. It's yeah. It's a hard call to make. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's somebody's call. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna have a group of firefighters coming. You know, so you get the first new engine with four, five. You're gonna get a duty officer or a chief or someone's gonna be running direct, taking IC potentially. There's some snap decisions based on experience and knowledge. And you're going to make that go or no go rescue yeah. or, you know, defensive or whatever it is, aggressive interior or tr- exterior water. I mean, these are all the choices that you have to make. Um, and it comes back to you that you don't get 25 minutes to mm-hmm. dissect what this looks like. You get 25 seconds to start a plan yeah. and that might change. It probably will change. It probably mm-hmm. should change, but you have to start something early water application is again we don't like to say never but it's never a bad idea i don't see how if you can get access in early water application how that will ever come back as being a bad idea and no it's like you said you made a great point like the onus then kind of switches to to now that team going inside Mm -hmm. that next decision could possibly come from them whether they're going to continue the push to the seat of the Mm -hmm. fire or to do that whole search floor or whatever or they're inside oh shit something's wrong we're not getting the flow path it's not getting better yeah something's changed something's not right Mm -hmm. we're backing out brings us back to that hoarder house this past summer um we were making the push in and the fire 
like the fire behavior in the basement below us, knowing what we had around us. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing stopping us from pushing further. There was, it was the decision in the moment to pull out other than all the stuff that was stopping us. But it was the decision with, hey, if we can barely make it in the front door, we've got heavy fire below us, which is already a heavy concern. Um, That was a a risk versus reward. We had the occupants were out. Mm -hmm. Outside of saving the structure, which there was no saving that one, knowing what we know now. That was a difficult decision, which wasn't all that difficult. Like, we made the initial decision, okay, everybody's out, which we were going through the front door not knowing that everybody was out until we were basically breaching the door. And now it's, okay, no, this is no longer a search and rescue. This is um, a fire attack. Perfect. Okay, so we knew what we were doing going in the door. We, We made it 15 feet. And, I mean, this isn't a large structure like, say, that. One in Baltimore was, but it was big enough that you could go 15 feet, kind of got you halfway in, and there were stairs, there's other rooms, and there's obviously a lot of shit. But you could make make that choice pretty quick that, hey, this isn't the risk to, you know, myself and my crew was far greater than any possible suppression that we were going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And we... But, you know, backed out yeah. fast. I mean, those are heavy decisions that have to be made. And if they were working under the assumption that there was people inside, that's a difficult choice to make. Absolutely. That, hey, like, sadly, our like our lives are more important. I need to get my crew home. Well, I mean, in that instance, like, I wasn't there in, initially when you guys made mm-hmm. that push. But I feel, because it was coming to the stairwell, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I feel if, if you guys are doing that, if you guys are going to start searching, mm-hmm. you could basically do the practice you guys did the other night, yep. where you hold a, uh, you hold an attack team at the stairwell, yep. just cooling the fire enough while the mm-hmm. teams quickly search the, the bedrooms on that upper floor. Yep, I mean, right. the downstairs, you wouldn't go to access because it's yep. the downstairs. I mean, you, I think you guys ended up making a push from the We did, basement from, the, rear. from the rear basement, yeah. But you could put a team on that. Stairwell, mm. hold the fire as best you can. For sure. Like, don't make a push downstairs, but hold the fire yep. on the stairs and then do those quick searches, mm-hmm. um, whether it's VIS, whether it's the search we were using uh, yep. last week, where, mm-hmm. you know, it's basically reverse VIS. It's That's like right. an orientated search, whatever this thing's called. Mm-hmm. But basically, down the hallway <laughs> and during your branch. Yeah. Um, you could do those. That's um, right. So it's not like we just, if, I think if there was somebody inside, if we heard somebody inside, For I don't sure. think you guys would have backed out. I think you guys would have no. held. Absolutely. Did your best and yeah. then did your search. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think coming back to that one, it was. So it was a wood fire furnace in the basement. Like it was a stove in the basement. Um, so there was a lot of those, like just open grates on the floor. Yeah. Which was, I mean, that was like you're like searching through, it was blacked out. The smoke level was crazy. Um, and then like three or four feet inside of the door, you see this grate and underneath you, I'm like, oh, well, that's fire. And like, you're pushing towards, because actually on our way in, the homeowner said, yeah, that if you go in, there are stairs X in to the right. So we knew where the stairs were. So that's that was our main goal was to get to that point. Right. So coming in, I see the first one, I'm like, oh, there's pretty heavy fire below us. 
and it wasn't enough to really attack the fire. You could just visibly see, like, this is where it's pushing yeah. from. And then you got to the top top of the stairs, and it was rocking. And again, I think, yes, if there was if there was potential uh, life inside of the building, yeah, we, we definitely would have anchored down and done as much as we could. But I don't think I would have pushed the guys any further regardless. Hmm. Just knowing what like what we encountered and then now look you know looking back there's no way i would have wanted to go it was insanity in there Mm -hmm. but yeah again you know it's it's there's all these decisions critical decisions being made in seconds right yeah you know you're developing your iap you're passing it off you know your team goes in uh, there they've got their game plan that's going to change you know ic is working on their action plan yeah. What's well, little incremental steps? It is. Mm-hmm. Let's Chuck would call that iterative. Iterative. That's a fancy word for little. <laughs> I think because he, he's big on mm-hmm. the iterative decision making right now. He's uh, on a lot of his uh, podcasts. He's talking about, it, but but these little steps forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't have the. You don't need the entire plan right now. You no. Just need mm-hmm. these little steps. First little step is let's get some water in the fire. Yeah. Second yeah. little step is okay. Let's make a push to the front door. Yeah. Third, and then just go. You don't need to be like, okay, here's the whole plan. Mm-hmm. I feel that's more of a like a big wildfire when it's for sure that's a, that's when you have like the, the whole plan for the day this is our plan for the day what we're gonna do and that could change yeah mm-hmm. but yeah on these fires you're like literally it's like okay here's our plan yeah <laughs> um step by step like it starts step off step with step. are we doing water application are we doing search and then we'll branch as guys you know as this team starts to split like todd said as the team yeah. starts to split um now now you're now if todd's the attack team he starts making these uh he starts making these little steps forward mm-hmm. and maybe as a command you're still making little steps forward with your other crews but todd's making little steps forward with on his attacks so, yeah um, yeah we can't ever have like like the whole plan one no. guy is making the call for the entire thing step by yeah. step he's yeah yeah it doesn't work it's yeah. so dynamic and thing yeah yeah um and i think you can do everything right and it still goes wrong Oh, yeah. sure. Like these guys yeah. might have done everything right. They might have did all the stuff we're talking about, mm-hmm. and it still goes wrong. Absolutely. And that's why we still train. Um, like even last week, we we were training yeah. rip. Yeah. Um, and we were talking today. We always train, not always, mostly. We usually train rip with one patient. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, the most we've ever trained rip was two patients down. Mm-hmm. We've never trained with four patients down. With the whole team. The, yeah. the whole team, yeah. plus somebody else down inside the building seeing what that's like because mm-hmm. a two-man writ team is not cutting i mean a two-man we know now a two, but not now we've known this for quite some time yeah a two-man writ team is not is not the writ team a two-man writ team is a reconnaissance team to figure out what you need yeah for, for the rest your, of the writ team. Your writ <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah like a writ team if it's two or three people is enough to like we say is like they man getting everything ready yeah, a lot of times they call them the recon team because it's literally what yeah. they are they, yeah. they recon and they, and they recon the building the whole time they're watching yeah. they're yeah. looking through the window where the guys are so they're getting their own plan yeah. in case and then they start to enact the plan you're still going to need X amount of people behind yeah. them to do the actual work you know part of me I part of me thinks that the guys that have been on a writ the whole time mm-hmm. those guys shouldn't even be going in right because they have basically the, the layout. Picture. They have the layout yeah. of the building in their head, mm-hmm. and they know where everything is, and they know what window is. They should be the ones going. Okay, I see. We're taking over now because <laughs> we well, have this plan. And, yeah, and that's yeah. why it's super important when, <clears throat> excuse me, when you train with the ESM model and stuff like. So your writ, you know, they've developed the, their action plan. They've done their three sixties. They mm-hmm. know where the second yeah. means of egress is. They've got their their 
writ tarp out, yeah. and then they come back and have the face-to-face with the safety officer, yeah. mm-hmm. and then they're like, hey, this is what I have, right? right. And yeah. now now the safety officer is aware of it, and then, like I said, but still, like, those, say if you just, in the starting process, you just have only two guys starting that writ team um, for that plan, like you said, they're, they're doing all the reconnaissance work, essentially. Those two guys, the second they get hands-on and start getting more people branching off and attached to their team to go in, mm-hmm. somebody still needs to be super aware of everything they've done for these second means yeah. of egress and, yeah. and that plan, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of weight falls on the safety officer for this. For sure it does, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need to be equally as involved yeah. in that writ. You know, doing constant 360s, um, you know, chatting about a plan, like, okay, like this is where they're making the push, this is where the fire is. Right. Yeah. Well, it's huge, yeah, because part of that is, like, the writ team's responsibility is you check in the safety officer. The safety officer <clears throat> has his checklist, making sure he's um, checked the, uh, uh, your writ action plan, and then IC is aware of it all as well, right? For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, we, so, Scott just mentioned, so, we, we did this past week, um, just with a single firefighter. So we were doing like an anchor point search or whatever we're calling it now. Right, um, that's what we called anchor point search. Right. <laughs> and uh, we did two rotations. Uh, we had live fire in the Delta side of the building. We had patient, which was uh, like a rescue dummy for the first two rotations. Um, kind of between the Bravo Charlie. So like away from the fire. Um, so we had two teams working with one interior officer and the one team would go do fire fire suppression and coming off the back of the new york fire that we were chatting about um a week ago a week ago um we, we were also hitting big on door control mm-hmm. um because if, if you can minimize flow Huge, path yeah. and minimize um fire and smoke from spreading um that can make your rescue a lot more viable so rather than just dumping a ton of water um causing some of that smoke and steam to spread throughout the building some quick water a- application with door control uh brought that temperature down controlled the smoke was really good for them to search um so we did a couple of rounds with our medium-sized dummy which is like 145 there we go yeah, right yeah we had the big figure Right, so that's a fairly easy rescue in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, they're like a, a lifelike dummy. It's not yeah. like the old re- uh, rescue randies or whatever that are shitty. These yeah. these guys, it's like a big sack like a big of dead dummy. weight. Yeah. yeah, so it's lifelike, or not lifelike, I guess. <laughs> but it's a lot more realistic. Um, a couple people made... made the rescue with some work but still fair fairly simply um the last rotation both weeks we uh threw a curveball and we tossed one of uh, our firefighters in there and acted as if it was a, a firefighter down now they weren't part of that search team so like the switch was it was like another team was doing something and then we had this issue um we kind of had to play the you know the hypothetical game because it didn't really match up with what we were doing to put this rando person in there but 
there is live fire, so we have to have somebody in BA. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, now you're rescuing a live person. It's one of your brothers, and you have to, like, you know, you treat them with a, a little bit more respect than you would just a rescue dummy. And the difference of trying to get that guy out, which is now you're dragging 225, 250 by the time you're all geared up. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that's a real rescue, and that's what you're going to get. And this is a level entry See, you know, Seacan City, um, mm-hmm. maybe only pulling 20 feet. But by the time that the guys got well, out... They had some crazy angles to go through. There were some tight, crazy angles, which is a good representation of coming out of hallways and yada, yada. Um, they were 20 feet to the door, and then maybe another 20 to get to the writ tarp. By the time they got under the tarp, there was three people making the rescue on the inside, another three or four at the door, all of those people were gassed by the time that this yeah. one firefighter got to the red tarp. And now you got three more behind you. I mean, it's... So we talk about manpower, right? Like, yeah. the numbers for, like... And we just had a collapse. Fruit. Sorry. We, did, we just yeah. had a guy collapse. He didn't have a this collapse the, building on yes. album. Yeah, yeah they worked on top of it. Yeah. yeah. So now you're talking about air supply, everything mm-hmm. else. Like, And we know the number of rescuers for a RIT team to rescue one firefighter. Mm-hmm. What is it, a 10 to 14 to 1? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It changes. Because yeah. we were about 12, 12, 12 to 14, I think. We were about nine active active rescuers mm-hmm. for one 18's in our summer, but that might be how long it takes. I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, either way, it's a, it's a shitload of people. So yeah. now, like we were just chatting earlier, like, practice a scenario whereas you do your team. Like, hey, yeah, you had a team of three collapsed, building collapse yeah. onto them. They can't self-extricate. Mm-hmm. RIT's activated. Now we're pulling other teams to establish RIT teams and yeah. and yeah. go in. That's a lot of people for, for our sure small departments. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. one time I one time I actually made. Were you on then when I made the roof? Like I actually made like a eight hundred pound roof. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And the old recall. old search building, the one that was like basically yeah, rickety. Yeah, just the wood oh, frame one. Yeah. Yeah, that was the last thing we ever trained in there. And I, I made this roof, like, this yes. out of pallets. And I put, like, yeah, it was, like, the back left corner of it. Yeah, and I put, like, yep. cinder blocks in it. And and then I put a dummy underneath it. And by the time it was done, it was all, like, and it was collapsed. So it was all weird. So you can really lift it. That's right. And it I was do all, remember that. And, man, that thing, like, mm-hmm. I want to say that thing was in 900 miles. <laughs> so you can't just lift it. Yeah. So the dummy is stuck underneath it. So the guys had to get like they had to get rescue tools and they'll like lift yeah. it and then crib it and lift it and crib. Yeah. And there was no fire. <laughs> it was just yeah. You know, it was it basically was just did it. it was almost like it was almost like urban rescue they had to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which essentially it was, but without the fire being there. <laughs> yeah. So it's like. Uh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah, a lot of components. When you, like you can get when you start talking about training and practicing for writ scenarios and writ training, you can. Yeah. Go all day long with scenarios. For sure you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. I mean, it's, it's helpful in firefighting, too. It's not just, like, people are like, oh, why do we train to writ so much? Well, mm-hmm. it's not just the skill you're learning. It's not just to rescue firefighters. It's to help you with your searching, help you with yep. fire suppression, mm-hmm. help you with your everything. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just your uh, SCBA competency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All that's all those drills help you with all that stuff, too. So it's mm-hmm. not just... You're not just doing it just for writ you're doing it for all other reasons for sure yeah. yeah and at the end of the day that's a skill you hopeful you hopefully never have to use yeah but when it comes time you want to make sure you have it dialed mm-hmm. um, exactly so you practice that five times a year doesn't sound like a lot 
but that's a lot. More than cops practice. Hey? <laughs> it's more than cops practice. Right. <laughs> they always say. Like... <laughs> so you practice that one skill four or five times a year. Um, I mean, that's something that you could practice four or five times a month. And still, it wouldn't be enough. I mean, there's yeah. nothing that we do that we couldn't practice more of. We just don't have, you know, enough practice nights in a year. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's why you get a layer, yeah, like, skills on each practice night. You know, mm-hmm. you know I think the other day when the other side of the training that we were doing that I talked about last week. Yeah. Um, I, th- I want to say we did like 10, 10 or twelve different skills the guys had by the end of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we went through. Mm-hmm. Um, and including actually, they ended up having to breach a door because uh, one of our burn milling doors uh, was from heating and cooling. It actually got wedged. <laughs> so oh, they yeah. with the Halligan Barn axe and they had to actually do a door breach on it. Upstairs or? Upstairs. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah that's awesome. That one always gets stuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they had to breach that door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which wasn't part of the plan. But. Mm-hmm. If you can't get in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I think that was a good little segue. <laughs> Off topic, but. Well, on topic, but different. On topic, but yeah. Not yeah. directly related to, but definitely, you know. As a service, I mean, in life, you you learn when shitty things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, coming from this, if nothing else, it's you know people talk about it, see where their yeah. level of training is at, see where their um, where some of their um, like SOGs are in their response and what their department would do in an event like this, um, and just kind of. I know we, we we talk a lot about it, but it still it opens your eyes to the the level of uh, response that you need the the manpower on the ground that you'll that you'll you'll uh, require. You know we are big on the mutual aid mm-hmm. and getting some additional resources there. And a lot of the times you don't like you look at it, and you don't really need the help until you need the help. Yeah, and I don't want to wait fifteen twenty minutes for you guys to come. Code three after a collapse has already happened. It's easier to turn people away than try and call them to the Ab- scene. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. It was actually one of the, uh, so from our past practice, um, we had a deputy chief down from another department close by, and he's trying to spearhead um, one ish practice a month with some of his mutual departments. Yeah, you know, when he said that, I was like, yeah, that's a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. One practice a month with the mutual aid department, that's a lot of practices. It is, yeah. That'd be, that'd be hard to set up. It would be hard. Um, it'd be hard, like one hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Per department, maybe. So maybe mm-hmm. four. Um, it's easy for us because we're kind of dead in the middle. And yeah. like we get a lot of the other departments coming to train with us. So I was gonna say, it's hard for us because we're in a different practicing. Yeah. But that could also be easy for us, too. It could also be a, a yeah. benefit. Yeah. Because um, would you get the entire department? Yeah, no, you'd probably get a team. Yeah. So you get five to ten guys go and practice with another five five to ten guys um the benefit of training alongside or even just having like a scenario alongside um your mutual aid departments is there's a lot of benefit to it knowing your guys's equipment uh on large scenes like we might come down there as manpower but we're not gonna be using our equipment Mm because you guys are already gonna be set up like we'll we'll be i assume generally stationed out on the road Mm -hmm. and we can advance Manpower. I mean, if it's a massive scene, then yeah, you're going to be putting your equipment to use yeah. as well. But you know, knowing where your stuff is, being familiar yeah. with it, and being familiar with your command structure, like all of your officers, your chief, um, just getting to know a little bit of the skill set goes a long way. Absolutely. Well, and there's many times, like looking back, where I've come up here, 
over the past number of years here for mutual aid, mm-hmm. and just even just for you know, then it gets you get stood down from the scene, but you're now city coverage. Mm-hmm. So we're at the hall, you know, and a couple of times the rescue truck has been here. Yep. You know, so then guess what? Well, we're covering road rescue if a rescue call comes in. Yep. So I get the guys to go through the truck to Start make sure they know where it is. Because guess yeah. what? We're going to be driving that truck to the scene, mm-hmm. um, and vice versa. That's why it is important for everybody to kind of know, or at least the officers. The team sure. leaders to know um, or yep. be familiar with. It'd be these nice steps. to uh, rather than planning these big elaborate practices, mm-hmm. would just almost to do like almost like what we did the last couple weeks ago when we sent like three or four guys to ice rescue. Just a bit of an orientation kind of. It's thing. almost like you embed. Yeah, it's not quite embedded, but you're like you go for the night, bring your gear, like two or three guys could go, mm-hmm. and you know just. Come and check it out. And almost like you're rookies, but you're from a different department. Yeah. So you're not expecting anything from you. They're not like, no. oh, you're teaching tonight or you're doing this. Or mm-hmm. or they, yeah. it could be, hey, what do you guys do down and wherever? Oh, yeah. we do this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Or just be like, you're just a brand new guy. Yeah. Take it all in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that might be the move because then that would be easier to plan. Like, okay, this night, hey, these three guys put their hand up. They want to go to um, Todd's department. Okay. And yep. these three guys want to go up to the other guys department yep. yeah yeah you know, maybe that might be the way to do it you know you just mm-hmm. send a couple guys and they come back and like they can see it like for sure they, they come back and say hey we learned this from these guys this is how their command works and uh yeah that might be the, that might be the way yeah it's really plenty of big mass practice where all the departments meet and it's like oh my god prior for sure to that yeah event, I, right? I think that's that's huge it's like maybe a wildland yeah. practice or something in there. Yeah, I can yeah. see how that might be a way to incorporate. But it's literally super easy people. any night to be like, hey, let's just go in bed. Three of our guys, guys are going to show up. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 That might be. Yeah. I think mean, it's a good starting point. Like I said, like get some of your, your mm-hmm. couple key players from each department. Like I said, swap. Yeah. Get familiar with kind of your operations, uh, what's mm-hmm. on the trucks. and Yeah. Even like, our guys went down for some ice rescue, which is great. And mm-hmm. they got their hands dirty. They were in the water with you. That was awesome. Even if it's not so much hands-on, you're just there, you observe, um, yeah. you're you're opening doors, mm-hmm. right? Let's have a look at the equipment. Let's have a look at your guys' apparatus. Um, and then just being there and observing, you'll get a lot out of it. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, if there is some involvement, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Something dark yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We'll chat about that. Yeah, for sure. I still think there needs to be a tabletop at some point in time where yeah, get a couple of the crews together, and these are some of these key things that we can chat about moving forward. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think so. I still want to build my little sand table with little army men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever someone says tabletop, I'm like, ooh, a sand table. <laughs> little push sticks, yeah. Yeah. Like a cigarette package is your... Uh, <laughs> you guys would be your, your chew. <laughs> This is a portable yeah. tank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, look, we got another portable tank over here, another yeah. over here. Yeah. Here's Todd Nash. Yeah, exactly. And you're all empty for some reason. <laughs> Ours would be like those little forestry bladders. Yeah, yeah. right. Little round, little round, round bladders out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cigarettes would be. Uh... <laughs> anyway, yeah. way off topic. All right. Motors. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's, uh, let's roll roll into that as oh. Uh, just before we get into the shout outs, yes. um, a little segue for next week. Um, so we talked about in the past episode about, um, 
Uh, a while back we had our big uh, landslides that kind of decimated the province here with our major routes and um, took out a lot of uh, uh, motorists and trapped people and then we had our yeah. flooding, massive flooding uh, in some of our larger cities down on the coast. So next week we're actually going to bring a guest on, uh, one of my friends, um, Tom, who is uh, he's a critical care paramedic, but he's also part of the, uh, the HUSAR team, so the heavy duty or heavy urban search and rescue team. And which is also called uh, Canada Task Force One. Mm-hmm. So they were deployed uh, to do the initial um, search and rescue efforts for the people who were potentially trapped in the mudslide in their vehicles. Mm-hmm. So they flew in um, with uh, the CFB Comox in um, one of their choppers and started doing their rescue specialty stuff that they did. So Tom's going to come on and talk about kind of uh, what they did and mm-hmm. we'll have some questions for him and should be a good, good interview. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's next week. Perfect. Well, let's get into MODIS. Uh, John, you're playing with some of it. so <laughs> I am playing with some all, MODIS tools. All night if you've been hearing a little ching, ching, ching. <laughs> I have been <laughs> fidgeting with it, yeah. Uh, MODIS. So um, obviously they're... Um, uh, <laughs> tink away. Their claim to fame is the, uh, the snagger <laughs> tool. Um, hydrant wrenches, uh, mini spanners, heavy hitter wedges... Um, now we've got their battery terminal, uh, wrench, um, uh, bottle opener, mm-hmm. uh, their truck spanners, uh, we're sporting the hat, Modus Sport, hat. Sporting some pretty, pretty sweet hats, yep. Yeah, awesome hats. Um, got mask bags now. Did you see mask bags? I saw the mask yeah, bags, yeah. Which I think are mesh, or not mesh, they're like, molly. are they yeah, molly? The, the molly it on looks the like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought it was like, like kind of, um, laser cut, but like so advanced, as I thought it was. It looks like yeah. that, it looks like that. Kind of uh, Molly. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then I was like, why is that Molly on a, ma- a mask bag? So then I thought maybe it was... Uh, Molly's cool. Yeah, Molly's cool, yeah. But, but I thought maybe it's laser cut to allow some venting. I don't know. Maybe. I'm going to show a picture actually to our chiefs and see if uh, they're interested in doing something like that. Because I know like we all have personal mask issues now, yeah. again. and um, yeah, we got mask bags for our guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have mask bags, but I hate our mask bag. I don't oh, like it. It's too, it's too bulky. Like oh. it just where the hook is and stuff, like it just flops weird mm-hmm. when you have it on your... No, it's dark. Oh. Uh, actually, it might be very similar, but yeah. Hmm. Either way, I like the modus one. I want to take a look at it. <laughs> yeah. This one's modus, and you think there's molly on it. That's why. So, yeah. So back to modus. The um, their hydrant wrench. You know, there's there's so many varieties. They got their um, pocket organizers. Their other little other packs and IFAC bags and truck kits and mm-hmm. numerous things. Um, hose straps. You name it. So check them out. They're awesome company. Um, Canadian made. Um, and yeah, it's very, very practical, lightweight, great, great tools for our pockets. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, um, discount code GTFF5, we'll give you 5% off the order. Beautiful. Uh, Scott, stop the bleed. Uh, three methods of bleeding control are wound packing. Well, sorry, direct pressure first. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the wound packing. And lastly is a tourniquet. Mm-hmm. If you're going to use a tourniquet, use a good one. Uh, yeah. Either a cat or a softy or there are some other ones that... What's a TMA? Camty. Camty? I think something like that. Anyways, there's a list. Yeah. <laughs> don't get cheap. Um, don't cheap out on your medical gear. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, I, I have three different ones, but my yeah. go-tos are definitely the, the CAD and the Softy. Yeah. Because they're both um, slightly different, but they're, they're super user-friendly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the CAD definitely from where I work and all these different places, we have that yeah, generally. Same. But yeah. I mean, a Softy, I usually have in my pocket because I just have an extra one and then... Mm-hmm. 
I think it's a TMA. Or those ones you got from, or TMT or... TMT. Oh, the TMT tourniquets. Yeah, it's yeah. a wider, yeah. wider band. Yeah. I feel so like comfort. those are all... Yeah, uh, yeah. They're comfort and I, I think they're slightly cheaper. So you can... They're kind of like my... Like I have a bunch of them. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're slightly cheaper. They're more of like... That's what I have in my... Like, like hip bag. Like, yeah. If there's ever a mass casual incident. Yeah, they have... Uh, I know I was reading when I got a bunch of their tourniquets. Uh, they have a big contract with military and stuff as well um but i still i know like all the pictures i see so many people it's it's very different for every agency every person has their preference but again buy a good one and practice with it know what you're doing with it for sure Mm -hmm. Uh, super important to know how to apply to yourself not just on a person somebody else right um anyway stop the bleed if you want to become an instructor stopthebleed.org or you can find a course near you um, if you want stuff for Stop the Bleed, Rescue Essentials, they have, uh, IFACs, they have packs, they have, uh, bleeding control, um, like training kits for Stop the Bleed. Um, they pretty much have everything you need. Yeah. Why should I look there for my, I'm looking for a rescue task force, uh, um, they have a few flash sp- for a, uh, yeah. for armor. Right. I think they have a few different varieties of stuff now too. All right. Yeah. Mm. I think you can order a couple, like they have a bag too, a rescue task force bag that comes fully stocked or just the bag itself as well. Hmm. Yeah. Task force of one. (laughs) (laughs) OFD task force. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Tanner Olson. Tanner Olson. um, Yeah. Country music out of uh, West Coast, Canada. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like seminar is a, oh, yeah, a, that's a the, no-go. Yeah, we forgot to mention that. That's the sad yeah. news. Um, we had a meeting, uh, committee meeting again. We had planned on the seminar this year. And mm-hmm. um, in, in BC, the, the health... Um, um, Provincial health, health order. Yeah, it, it got extended, which includes currently no, no gatherings over like <coughs> 10 people or something. So it got extended again until deep in the next month. Um, yeah. Just planning for that. Like this thing takes months to plan. We were already kind of behind the eight ball. Um, it's just, there's too many variables to plan a giant event mm-hmm. this year. So we're going to hold off again, hopefully next year. Um, yeah, man, hopefully that's going to be three years. For sure. Yeah, so hopefully we're going to have a ton of Feels people. like it's been a thousand. Oh. Yeah, so that, that video we had, <laughs> it's gonna really, uh, we had to totally reshoot that video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get Tanner also at one. Hopefully he's still around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope he still makes but, uh, music then. And yeah. Or he's not moved off he's to not somewhere retired. else. Yeah. <laughs> Must uh, be a tough time for those guys, uh, music industry. And, absolutely. Yeah. I mean. Especially I when you're up and comer. Like yeah, you're like all of your revenue has got to yeah. be like getting yeah. out in front of people. Yeah. And if you can't get out in front of people. Because, you know, I think back to, like, that's what I used to do before I was doing what I currently do. Like, I used to do country like, music? No, not country music. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I used to tour with bands yeah. and stuff doing security work. And, mm-hmm. man, like, t- to be the tour guy and not have a tour. Mm. Like, even then, like, some of these tour guys, like, you know, like drum techs and stuff. They, you know, when the summer festivals aren't on or when their band's not touring, they're kind of living on scraps. So I can't imagine these guys now, like three years later, they're, they haven't toured. They're, I mean, they've all found different, like some of the guys I know, they've found different jobs in the music industry or they've mm-hmm. just done different things. But mm-hmm. it's like, I'm glad I, I'm, I'm glad I got away from it, but I'm also like, not glad I got away from it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's crazy. 
Yeah. Well, hopefully, I don't know. One day. We're moving towards something. Oh, one day, yeah. Yeah. Random. My business just sent out an email today. It's coming out when this is released. Not that any of my people listen. But, uh. <laughs> you're here first. <laughs> yeah, you're here first. Um, we booked our venue for our trade show. Oh. oh. Yeah, so they're pushing ahead with it. I thought for sure they, they weren't going to. But, mm. yeah, so. We have, like, the second largest trade show outside of SEMA. Um, and, yeah, we got both of the buildings booked. So we'll see what that means, but... What's SEMA? Hmm? What's SEMA? What's a SEMA? And is it like, it's like fish. Like, <laughs> sounds like something a porn thing. It is, that is the industry <laughs> I'm in, absolutely. Vegas does do a big porn show, too, but yeah. it's called SEMA. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I think what you mean is semen. <laughs> right. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> yep. Those explicit lyrics somehow. <laughs> explicit content, not lyrics. Ah, SEMA. It's an auto manufacturer and oh, uh, aftermarket part. Oh, okay. Like, massive trade show. Mm. It's like a week long. It's crazy. Um, ours is only two days, but it's big. Um, Anyway, so we're going to try. Whatever that is. It's a Chacho. Vegas is the Chacho. That's right. I, yeah. I saw that. Yep. I actually seen some uh, firefighter. Uh, old firefighter Fenton was putting up a lot of a lot of videos there. Is he a Chacho? Yeah, they were hawking their coffee. Oh, okay. I was yeah. like, why are we here? <laughs> mm-hmm. hmm. Yeah, so they, they were pushing the uh, fire department coffee. Nice. So. Yeah, anyway, lastly, you have us. <laughs> if, if you're still listening, thank you. Um, keep doing that. Um, find us on the Facebook, the YouTube, the Instagrams, and the TikToks. Um, we're uh, doing our best to stay as active as possible. Uh, we're admittedly shit in the bed. Well, we have we have plans to shit the bed less. <laughs> yeah, I had the video. Like, I took my, some pictures mm-hmm. the other day. Um, I was gonna do a live thing, and I forgot how to use. I forgot how to use Instagram. I was gonna use TikTok. What the hell we're doing? Um, yeah, I'm more of the Facebook kind of guy. I'm old. For sure. <laughs> so we did post some stuff. I don't think I actually posted any stuff on our uh, on ours on our personal. Which we probably could. Yeah, there's a few. There's a few yeah, shots. Some, there. some pretty good shots. Yeah. Now, the one shot of uh, the guys looking out the window yeah. and inside the smoke roll over there. Mm. That was actually looks pretty, pretty sweet. cool. Yeah. yeah. There's one where it looks like one of the guys' heads on fire, like because he has smoke billowing out of his helmet. Oh yeah. It's just the way the smoke sat on his head. It looks like his helmet's smoking. It's <laughs> nice. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, yeah, we'll get some of those shots up there, uh, and hopefully some more videos to come. So, yeah. On that note, anything else for the love of God? Say no. Not for me. Thank you. Good night. Yep. Thanks, good night. Perfect. Thanks for listening. As always, stay safe, stay DTFF.